If you see Paul W. Smith on I-94 this morning, please move to the right. He may be running a few minutes late. It's the pre-W. Smith Show with Jeff Sloan on 760 WJR. All right, welcome back to the pre-W. Smith Show. You know, as many of us know, honeybee populations have been dwindling in recent years under siege from a variety of sources threatening their population and threatening humans in the process, given their importance to us as humans. They're a primary pollinator of the very plants and trees that ultimately provide us with the food that we eat, without which one could argue humans would have a hard time surviving. So honeybees are critically important to us. And recently, this is really interesting, recently in an effort to protect bees, a new vaccine has been created to protect them against one of the current threats they face. This is a first of its kind such vaccine made for insects. And we've got Dr. Jenny Durant on with us to tell us about this new breakthrough. She's an expert in bees, and this is our recent interview with her. So there's been this new vaccine announced for bees, but let's first put into perspective why this matters. What is the target for the vaccine? What is the significance of that target? And so on. Frame it for us. Yeah, sure. So this is really exciting. This is the first vaccine for any insect. And uh, so partly what's exciting about it is this new delivery method of a vaccine. But the other thing that's exciting is that it's, it's addressing a real issue for beekeepers. I wouldn't say it's one of their number one issues, but it is becoming, it has been in the past, and it is becoming an issue again. And it's this disease called American fowl brood. And the name fowl brood comes from the scent of the larva, which start really stinking when they're infected. And so there are two types of fowl brood. One is European and one is American. And the American fowl brood is actually pretty catastrophic for beekeepers. So if they get American fowl brood, it's not curable. And a beekeeper would have to destroy the colony. So all the bees that are in the colony and the box and the tools that may have been potentially infected as well. It all has to be destroyed and thrown away. So you lose the entire thing and as well as, as you say, the, the hive and the, the whole thing. So it's a yeah. it's catastrophic. Yeah, and it's a huge economic expense. And okay. There are some abilities to treat it through irradiation, but the typical method is you just, you destroy everything. Yeah, and so I want to just put into context, this is not... You know, as we know, bees have been under siege from various things, other yes. species of bees that have infiltrated the various territories where these uh, good bees are, the honeybees are, that we want to keep and support and see really thrive for all the obvious reasons, pollination being the key reason. But this foul brood disease isn't a main culprit of kind of the various things that have caused the decline in bee populations, is it? Or is that a major factor? Right now, it's less of an issue. This is partly because beekeepers have been able to treat American fowl brood or AFB through the use of antibiotics prophylactically. And so they've been able to keep both forms of fowl brood mostly at bay. But as you may know, with antibiotics, resistance can develop. And so both beekeepers have been limited in their ability to use antibiotics prophylactically since 2017 when FDA started to require beekeepers get a prescription from a veterinarian okay. to apply the, the antibiotics. And, and then also so they've just been starting to see resistance to the antibiotics. And so they are starting to see increased prevalence of, of American fowl brood, and it could start to get much worse. And, and it's, it's concerning for beekeepers. Both the American and European fowl brood are, are a real concern. Yeah. Okay. So this will address at least one of the things that could become a bigger issue in the future and even further exacerbate the loss of bee communities and the ability to pollinate and all the rest. That's obviously so fundamental to our interests as humans. But 
You said you were excited about this for a variety of reasons, one of which is that it's the first vaccine to be used for an insect species. Could this lead to other vaccines treating other, maybe even bigger issues in bee populations? Is that part of the excitement over this? Yeah, well, currently in the works, I, sp I had a chance to speak with representatives at the company, Dallin, that is uh, working on this technology and um, getting ready to manufacture and release it. And they are also working on a vaccine for European Valbrood. And they're also interested in looking beyond bees to shrimp and mealworms and other insects that are part of our global food supply. Those were sort of the things that they shared with me that are potential things in the works. But, you know, the sky's the limit. This is a really interesting new mechanism to introduce a vaccine to insects. And what do we know at this point about its effectiveness? It's a good question, actually. Um, they're still in the middle of completing field trials, so I don't have any actual percentages or numbers on that, but it's effective enough to be given this conditional license to be able to produce it. So that's really exciting, and I think there's going to be additional trials to determine its efficacy that they'll you know, be wanting to share with beekeepers before they buy into it and start using it in their hives. Then the last question is that's on everyone's minds. How do you give a bee a vaccine? This is not a shot rendered in the traditional sense of what we know to be getting a vaccine. How is it administered to the hive? Yeah, so I'm so glad you asked because it's very fun. So it's not through a tiny, tiny syringe. <laughs> right. It's through food. Uh, so the thing that's helpful to know is how queens get fed. And so very quickly, queens are fed by worker bees in the colony. And worker bees secrete the jelly out of their glands, this royal jelly. And this is solely fed to the queen. And so the mechanism is that the vaccine is mixed into something called queen candy, which is you can kind of think of cookie mm -hmm. dough. It's like a sugary substance that the worker bees eat, and so they consume the vaccine. Then they secrete the vaccine through the royal jelly, and then that is eaten by the queen and goes into her ovaries. And then as she lays eggs, because remember the queen lays all the eggs for the right. entire colony, one yeah. single queen. And as she lays those eggs, that vaccine, that inoculation, it goes into every egg that she lays. Genetically. Yeah, it's passed down. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I want my Pretty vaccine cool, right? that way. That's a I lot know. better than getting the, a shot. Yeah. The only downside is there are no tiny, tiny Band-Aids that we get <laughs> to, you know, make for these right, vaccines. Right, right. So. How funny. <laughs> well, this is great. This is really exciting. You know, science is always, it's amazing, you know, and the, the progress and the ability to address issues that we confront. And here's another example, a first vaccine for an insect, albeit, frankly, arguably the most important insect on the planet as it relates to our ability to pollinate and produce food and so on. Jenny, appreciate you enlightening us and bringing the story to our attention, and we'll keep following it. Dr. Jenny Durant, you're an affiliate in human ecology, University of California, Davis, appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. It's great to chat with you. Indeed. Great to chat with you, Jenny. Cool story. All right, we're going to run to a break. Back with more in a minute here on the Pre-W Smith Show. 